Hercules Credit Union offers 3.99% APR for up to 60 months and 4.24% for 72 months. Hercules Credit Union has 1% cash back on auto loans up to $500. Visit HerculesCU.com for details. It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome on into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I have on the line with me a sex therapist, someone who's going to help me talk through. Uh, something I'm worried about in this day and age of raising especially a girl in this day and age. I'm joined by Dr. Jennifer Finlayson-Fife. She works primarily with uh, LDS clients, clients uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and uh, is based out of Illinois. Dr. Fife, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I had this experience with my daughter the other day, and I'm kind of... Just worried in general. I've been sending her off to summer camps, and I'm I'm mm. just like really starting to worry that when she's away from me from for so many hours, I have no idea what's happening while she's away. Right. <laughs> As many parents, I'm sure worry about that, and I, you know, yeah. it speaks to my anxiety and the things that I worry about. But obviously, my mind is kind of going to worst case scenario when she's away from me, and I'm just thinking. You know, if, if something were to happen to her, if she were to be abused in some way, and I'm, I'm talking specifically sexually, um, because that's yes. something we have to protect our children from in this day and age. Yes. I don't know if she would know to come to me. I don't know if she would know how to tell me. I don't know if she would know what's right mm-hmm. and what's wrong, what's okay and not not okay. And mm-hmm. I've, tr- I've tried to have a few conversations with her, um, you know, at a four-year-old level on, on what is okay and what's not okay. And um, the other day at, at school, she told me that um, she and some boys were in the bushes and there was a situation that happened. And I don't know whether to to chalk it up. It seemed very like four-year-old curiosity, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I don't mm-hmm. know whether to make it a bigger deal, if I need to talk to the other parents, if I need to just be like... Ah, these are four-year-olds, but I also don't want to mm-hmm. dismiss it because I do want to set the stage sure. that, like, this is not okay. What are, what should I do here? <laughs> okay, good. Good questions. Um, let me see. What do I start? So I think um, I'll come to your specific situation in a second. Maybe I'll just kind of write a little bit of a foundation. I think there are a lot of things that you can do to protect your children, uh, which would include educating them at the level that they can understand, and also how you yourself relate to the cues you may be being given. Um, I think that even at a really young age, you can teach your children some pretty simple ideas that allow them to start to understand the importance of boundaries and to give them permission to protect those boundaries. One you know, idea, it's very simple, but I think very profound, is communicated in a book called, I, I believe it's Your Body Belongs to You, okay. or My Bo- Body Belongs to Me. I'm sorry, I don't have the title in my head. Okay. Um, but it's a written for three- to five-year-old child, 
simple story about a child who is able to define when they want to be touched and when they don't. And it's the simple idea that your body belongs to you and you always get to decide. And even if it's grandma who seems like her feelings are hurt because you won't give her a hug, (laughs) it's still okay because your body belongs to you and you get to decide always. Yeah. Well, that's just a very important idea for a child. Yeah. My husband and I were watching this documentary the other day on the Larry Nasser case where he abused hundreds Mm -hmm. of young girls uh, through USA Gymnastics. And, you know, part of his ability to get away with that was he was the doctor. Right. Yeah, he was the authority. Of it. Yeah, he was the authority. He was the person who was supposed to help you with your gymnastics ailments. And so he got That's away right. with it for as long as he did under the guise of medical treatment. And That's that right. that got me thinking as well. How do how do I know if someone's got ill intent? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, there's so many layers. I have to keep my thoughts organized here. Uh, I, I think what you want to do is, in addition to teaching this idea to your child that their body belongs to them, they can always define that, they can always say what they want, you want to teach them the idea if they ever feel uncomfortable, they don't have to justify the discomfort, they can say no to whatever it is, and they can tell you about it, and that you will um, use that information to protect them. Yeah, and, and one that you'll never I, be upset with them. Yes, one thing it's a very I important message is that they believe that that you will not be upset with them, that you will be proud of them for being honest, and that you will protect them. Yes, I think another idea to give kids is if someone tells you to adults or kids that are older than you, which is an important factor, should not be asking you to keep secrets from your parents. If anyone asks you to keep a secret or implying that a secret is necessary that's when you know you should break the secret. Mm. That's different than a surprise, like a birthday surprise. Right. It's a secret where they're telling you not, you know, I taught my kids, someone says, don't tell, you should keep a secret from mom, what should you do? Right. <laughs> you know, if someone tells you not to yell, you should do the opposite, you should yell. Right. So it's giving them this, you want to give your children the idea that people are basically uh, safe all around you. People are basically good. But there are some people that are not. Right, And there are some people who will try and take advantage. And there's also lots of good books about this at a child-appropriate level, talking about, you know, good touching and bad touching for the younger kids. But as you get older, a little more complex situations that allow kids to think through how they might get manipulated or feel manipulated. What I think is an important idea to teach kids, and, and, and adolescent girls are very vulnerable, actually, to sexual exploitation because we teach girls to take care of people's feelings. And so oftentimes predators are preying on this idea mm. that, that they're in, you're in a special relationship with them. They're kind of grooming this idea that, like with the doctor, you know, that you owe a kind of deference. You owe, you have a kind of obligation to this person. And it's easy for girls, given our socialization, to fall into that trap. I think a really important idea to teach our older kids is the idea of um, privacy and control, which is what sexual predators will always be looking for. They'll always be looking to get your child, whatever their age, so as a parent you can be attuned to this. They're going to be looking to have your child in situations where there's no adult, other adult present, and they're going to be invested in that. They might do it in the guise of taking your child for ice cream, Okay, but they are invested in being alone with the child, and they want control. So they're going to look for a kind of psychological 
manipulation to pressure that they have the control in the relationship. Mm. So going back to your question, that's very different than a four-year-old with another four-year-old because if it's abuse, there's some kind of sexual stimulation that's happening and the person who's doing it has control relative to the to the victim. Yeah. They have more age, there's more intimidation, there's that the child's not able to get away from the situation if they want to, which is very different from sexual curiosity and sexual play. Right. As parents, as you're talking about, sexual play and curiosity can stress us out. Right. <laughs> no question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially when we're unclear about if sexuality is a destructive thing or not. But if you shame your children too much around it, it can then sort of fold back in on itself and become this both anxiety-inducing reality, but become even more curious, like more of a hook. Yeah. The well, more we shame those things, the more we create a draw in our kids, paradoxically. Well, yeah, I think we have to, like, strike the balance of, you know, because certainly in not all situations are kids just being kids, right? There, right. there could be right. some situations where teen to teen, you know, there is some unwanted yes. stuff happening, right? So it's not yes, just to say absolutely. that, you know, kid, if, it, if it's kids exploring kids, it's all okay. It's just that, yeah. that there is a difference between like four-year-old and curiosity and abuse. Yes. A teenage girl who's trying to please a, a popular guy at school and is getting psychologically manipulated Okay, that's it. May be teen to teen, but the power differential right. is real, and is then moving into the turf of abuse. Yeah. So, and so you want to, and again, I talk about this in the course I teach, like how you talk at each age and what are resources around giving your kids some of these ideas. I mean, if we have time, I'll still say to you a little bit more. As a parent, it's important to make a distinction between worry and picking up on cues, mm. and so. If you think there's somebody in your child's life who's super invested in being with your child, is somewhat challenged around their boundaries, like they seem too affectionate, too friendly, they don't take seriously the child's signals that they don't want as much contact, or they maybe tease the child for resisting contact, those are not good signals, Uh, meaning those are signals that would suggest this person has sexual interest in my child. And you really, as a parent, often the more, when you worry about something, you're kind of more going into, oh, I was just watching this documentary, now I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you, you take it from the outside and you sort of impose it on your life. When it's a signal, you're watching your child and you're seeing that there's somebody in their life that seems a little off, too good to be true maybe, too mm-hmm. interested in taking your child to do things. Mm-hmm. Or you see some, your child more anxious, not sleeping as well is starting to name things that you didn't know they, where they would have learned the names for their sexual parts. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Those can be signals that they may be anxious around a person. They don't want to spend time with somebody that they used to want to spend time with. These are often people we know. They're often people we trust. That's the thing is sexual predators don't look evil. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the people in our congregations and in our communities and even in our families. And so you don't have to run around, you know, suspecting everyone. But if you're paying attention to some of these cues, it can really help you to get curious and start getting more information if something feels off to you. 
Yeah, such such good information. Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife. She is a sex therapist. Works in uh, the Chicago area, right? Yes, that's right. Yes, and works a lot with members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Uh, Dr. Fife, hang on the line. We'll do uh, a little dive a little bit more into this when we come back on the Mom Show. Do you ever feel like you just need some support to get really healthy? Hi, I'm Scott Mitchell. And I'm Melanie Douglas. I'm on a journey to find lasting health in my everyday life. And I'm here to help. We'll find fun, doable ways to improve your health through small and simple changes. It's the Really Healthy Podcast. Subscribe for free on iTunes or the KSL News Radio app. Back inside the Mom Show. Dads are welcome, but moms come here to be heard. We're with Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. We've been having a lovely discussion today about uh, some of the scary things that can happen in our world. And as parents, as moms, we're out there uh, trying to protect our kids from all of these evils. And one of the things that's been on my mind lately is abuse and teaching my daughter. Uh, how to uh, come to me if there was ever any problem. And of course, she's four. So I'm doing this on a very four year old level. But I thought I would bring in an expert to kind of give us uh, the best tips on how to do this. Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife, a sex therapist out of Chicago. Hi, Dr. Fife. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Okay, so we've been talking about this idea of, of some of the, the cues and some of the things you can uh, spot in people who are predators. And I know often we teach this idea of stranger danger, right? When there's, mm-hmm. you know, strangers, you know, you get away. Um, mm-hmm. The idea of stranger danger doesn't always sit right with me because I do believe yeah. that most people are good. And I don't yeah. want to teach my daughter to fear everyone. But no. how do I strike the it's balance? It's a terrible idea. Okay. okay. <laughs> how do I? First of all, okay. How do I strike yeah, the balance yeah. of teaching her who's good and who's not, and how to know that? Sure. Well, good. Okay. Because I think, first of all, strangers often the people that hurt us are people we know. Right. So it's not about strangers. And yeah, you're inducing a kind of anxiety or a metric that's really unhelpful. Uh, I think the message you want to give is that most people are good. But there are these people who, especially if you've been talking to your kids about the reality of desire and self-control as it relates to, the, to desire to create the kind of relational and sexual reality that you want in your life, that you're gonna, you can talk more easily about the fact that some people don't control their desires or they use their sexuality in a way to do harm. And so this is not, you know, this is the minority of people, but there are people that are out there. And there's ways that you can track or have signals that something is not safe. So you want to teach your children to trust their feelings. And they don't have to be right. If it's just something makes them uncomfortable, it's okay to trust that feeling and to just go with it, whether or not. I remember there was a distant relative that came to visit our family when I was about eight years old. He made me uncomfortable. There was something in his energy, the way he would talk to me, the way he would sing songs to me and stuff. I just like wanted to get away. I still have no idea if there was anything off about this person. I do commend myself for staying away from him <laughs> because yeah. there was just something that felt off to me. And so um, I think that you want to teach your kids it's okay to go with their gut. You want to tell them it's always okay to say no to anything. And that you, you want to teach them about the idea as they are ready 
that people may manipulate their sense of guilt to create some idea that they owe something or that they're complicit in something, and that that's never the case, and that you as a parent understand that that's not the case. And this is probably best facilitated through some of the stories and resources that are out there to help kids think about what situations they might find themselves in if they were at a summer camp or, you know, after school or something like that. So um, what I think is also a very protective factor is for them, um, you don't want to tell a child if they feel anxious or threatened or uncertain to look for a policeman. That's also an idea we often give people. It's not a helpful idea because often there are not policemen around. And it's safer for them to go to somebody that appears to be safe, like a mother with children, and ask that person for help. You want to go to a stranger. (laughs) Meaning if you feel in some sense that you are unsafe, that you want to encourage your children to look for somebody who appears safe that could help them, the chances of that person being safe is very, very high. Well, yeah, and if you don't want to be in distress and wait for someone to approach you because the chances are lower that that's a safe person because somebody who's dangerous could approach a child in distress. Yeah, and you want to teach them this ability to kind of, you know, go and get the help they need and that they're owed that help. And there's a lot of good people that want to help them. Um, You want to also give the message that you can handle. If your child does come and talk to you about something, I can't tell you how many clients I have where the parents couldn't handle the news. They couldn't handle finding out that so-and-so in the family had harmed their child, and so they, they shamed the child rather than doing what they needed to do to uh, listen to the child, understand what was going on, and protect the child. And, um, and, and so, you know, if, if a, a child knows that you can handle that information, they're going to know it through the fact that you can have conversations about it without, you know, having an apoplectic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, you know, if they can see that you can get through the conversation, they're going to be more trusting that you, mom or dad, can handle the a negative reality if it were to happen to them. Well, and it kind of brings our conversation full circle, Dr. Fife. that, you know, if we're teaching our kids about healthy sexuality, what is appropriate, and sexuality uh, as having powerful currency, being a powerful currency in a way, they're going to know what's right and what's not right. That's right. Yes. And they'll just get better at knowing how to navigate and to think about this and knowing that you're a resource there for them. And um, also, if you're a parent that's just staying curious and asking questions, uh, if you feel like something feels off or you're not sure about the new coach or whatever, uh, that's also a signal to your kids that you're aware and you're, you're not paranoid and terrified, but you're aware and you're, and you're, you're considering who's in your children's circle. And that's a reassurance to them also. Yeah. And sadly, the kids most likely to be abused are the ones who don't have that kind of parental support because predators tend to look for vulnerable children, mm. children that they think lack confidence or clarity or support network. Very sad reality. But, you know, the more you kind of give your kids a sense of power around these issues, the less likely they're even going to get targeted. Such great information. Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife. where can people find you if they want more information from you or to take one of your courses? What do you have coming up? Sure. Um, I have just on my website, which is my name, finlayson-fife.com. I have, uh, I do a lot of couples retreats and workshops for 
women around sexuality and desire, and we have a couples retreat coming up in, in Jackson Hall uh, in October and a women's retreat in Eden, Utah in September. Are you taking so, yeah, people to France? Yes, France next spring. Uh. We'll have a few spots open. So, yeah, 10 days in France and learning all about uh, love and sexuality and from an LDS frame, but teaching people how to really look at what's going on in their marriages and improve it. We did it in Italy uh, a few months ago, and it was phenomenal. Loved what a it. dream. That it sounds so amazing. Dr. Five, thank you for such invaluable information today. I know this episode is going to help a lot of people, so thank you for joining me. Thank you, Lindsay. And we'll be back next week on The Mom Show.